What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's episode, I'd love for you to check out my band, Run With It. We got a whole bunch of original music out on all the streaming platforms. You can find all that at runwithitband.net. That's runwithitband.net. Or follow us anywhere on the socials at Run With It Band. We got some show announcements for May and on throughout the summer and fall coming up, and we're excited about that. So make sure you stay tuned for that. We also have the next live Live and Create podcast at Kinship Cafe in Kansas City, Kansas coming up. That's going to be April 15th. We got some great guests, a great musical guest and it's going to be a really fun time. We've been enjoying these. Uh, TJ Roberts is the owner there at Kinship Cafe, and he has a great vision for how this can impact the community there. So I'd love for you to be part of it. Now for today's Live and Create podcast. Our guest today is Mitch Gray. Mitch Gray has combined over two decades of experience as a former pastor, life coach, entrepreneur, community developer, and creator to develop a brand of leadership that is at its deepest level human. Having worked with over 10,000 leaders and individuals across the world, Mitch empowers people to build teams based on alignment, design culture based on empowerment, and lead from their humanity. Mitch is the creator and the host of the Mitch Gray podcast, inspirational speaker, author, and leadership consultant. Now, you have heard Mitch Gray on the podcast previously on episode 77. We got a lot of a story there. So on today's episode, we get a bit topical and decided to pick a topic and run with it. You, you see what I did there? Anyways, we start with the quote that says, less worship, more understanding. And from that initial thought, we dive into the topics that many people wrestle with from all faith backgrounds and even those with no faith at all. We discuss practices that can enrich our lives and free us to actually enjoy it. And we talk through the concept of the beginner's mind and learning to understand ourselves better instead of constantly reaching outside ourselves for validation. And just a side note, Mitch has his own podcast and it, he has now made me the co-host. And in that podcast, we discuss the merging of leadership, business, art, and music. It's a really fun time. Uh, we just recorded the second episode last week, but the first episode is out right now. So make sure you go check that out. It's the Mitch Gray podcast, anywhere you find podcasts. And I also have the link for that episode in the show notes. So let's dive into today's podcast, pod, podcast uh, and I'll learn how to speak. Here we go. The Live and Create Podcast. Well, we got the, uh, you had thrown that one idea to me to discuss, but before we jump into uh, all this, I just, since you're a recurring guest, we won't go through the whole story and everything, but I didn't know if you wanted yeah, to do yeah. a quick update of like, you know, how the book's going, how business is progressing for you, all that kind of stuff. I'm curious about it and hopefully the listeners are as well. Uh, first of all, I don't remember the idea I saw statue, so that'll be a surprise to me that I'm all good. We can still go with it. <laughs> I'm like, that was like two months ago or whatever. I don't remember. Um, but it's yeah, all it was a minute yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the book is, the book is still selling, man, which is, so it released in uh, August of 2021. So it's been out uh, a year and a half. Um, how to hire and keep great people and it's still selling it's you know i'm still That's selling awesome. i don't know last month we sold like 15 20 copies and for some people you know that you know a lot of times you tell people that and they're like well that's not very much but what what people many people that aren't in the book industry or any creative industry 
what they don't understand is you have to take all the people that you see and hear about and remove them from the equation. Like those are the abnormalities. Top 40 radio, that's the abnormality in the music business. Right. Best sellers, uh, you know, the, the people that are selling on Oprah's book list, that's the abnormality in the book writing industry. Um, your Tony Robbins, your, you know, your people, Donald Miller, the speaking industry, those are the abnormalities. The average musician, author, speaker, they're lucky to, you know, kind of make their way and make a living at this. And right. so the book industry kind of goes this way. Most book industry experts will tell you, don't expect to sell anything after 90 days. Yeah. Um, so you're real. That's why your real first push is that 90 days. I've got to build momentum there. Book industry experts will tell you if you sell anything after a year, you've, you've done it. Like you're, if people are still interested still in that same book after a year, you're still doing something right. And so, you know, the average book that's published, there's over 10,000 books published a month uh, in the U S 10,000 a month. The average book published, yeah, the average book published sells less than 100 copies, period. No extends or parts. Damn. Sells less than 100 copies. And that's even the books that you'll go to Barnes & Noble and see on the shelf. But if you think about it, when you go into a Barnes & Noble, how many books do you see? Like, it would take you days to pick up each book that is on the shelf. And so, you know, for me, this was a three-year plan. It was like, hey... You know, I know this is going to push for three years. And if we're still selling 20, 30, 40 copies, I actually think that this year we'll sell more books than we've sold mm-hmm. to date. That's awesome. Um, and that's just because the momentum's still happening. I'm still being on shows like this. You know, this week, this is my fourth podcast interview this week. Last year, I did 65 shows. And so just as you get the momentum, it's not like any, it's unlike any, you know, like anything else, it's, you know, in the music industry, you just have its exposure. It's all about exposure. However you get that exposure matters because you never know when you're going to tap that right person. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's the story of, um, you know, people getting gas and singing to the radio and there happens to be a radio executive getting gas. You know, it's those stories that you just don't know. And so that's why I tell people there's no replication for, uh, Repetition for consistent repetition over time, same daily habits, show up the same way. Um, You know, you guys are playing the same song. You've been playing for six, seven, eight years. You have to, because that's brand messaging, you know? And so people can go hear me on a podcast I did two years ago. Guess what they're going to hear? The same stuff (laughs) they're going to hear. It's it's just, it's, it's how it is, you know? Right. So I, a long answer I'm really proud of what the book is still doing. At the same time, I would probably change 70% of it because, you know, the principles stay the same. Um, but there's just things I would not change, like the content, but just change maybe verb. Like last night, I was reading through some of it. And yeah, I would word that a little bit differently. I would change that up a little right. bit now. That's with anything. You know, you write a song and three years later, it's into kind of a different song and well, Even that's if you like play we're, a cover. we're remixing some of our stuff that's up on Spotify now and uh, making it because yeah. like now now we have a different approach, like more dancey, popish kind of vibe. And so I'm like, yeah. how do we keep playing these songs but make it fit where we want to go or where we are and where yes. we want to go? And there's a mantra I keep uh, saying to myself recently. It's build, don't chase. And I think the yes. creative industry, yes. entrepreneurship can be chasing and grasping. Oh, that 90 day push didn't work. 
I'll go to the another thing. Yep. But it's yep. like, what does it look like to take those real step by step? And honestly, when you said that, I was like, damn, the fact that, and, and you already, you already said that I didn't even have mm -hmm. to, but I really did think like it's impressive be, that it's still finding relevance. Yep. Not that it's not a good book, but from the very things yep. you broke down, like the world just moves so fast and everyone's yes. putting out. Yes. And I think it, it shows that you're making real connections. And at the end of the day, that's how you're going to build your ultimate business. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, things it's all you know, about, it's all about relationships. Right. It's all about relationships. And I, it was really interesting to, to your point. I was actually meeting with a client. Um, I guess it was last week. It was very recent, either earlier this week or last week. And so I meet weekly with their, their management team. And uh, I was, I was, portraying to them um, how, how you need to set up every single teammate on every single shift. And so we were kind of working through that process of what it looks like, how to set them up for success as soon as they walk through the door. And it was really interesting because the owner of that company has been very hands-on, um, is an operations-minded person. And so the whole reason that I've been working with them is I bring in a human element that many leaders, especially with operations mind, uh, you know, it's kind of like often the joke of, you know, tech people. It's like tech people don't really know how to communicate well with other humans. It's kind right. of the adage, you know, but there's something there. There's just an operational mindset. I don't have that operational mindset. I have a human relational mindset. And so that's why I'm working with them. So it's been really interesting to see his evolution. And he said something in that meeting last week. He was telling his management team after I portrayed to them, okay, so this process you're going to use to set up for success as soon as they walk through the door if you have 10 teammates, you're going to do it 10 times. This isn't a one-shot thing, and you're going to do it every day. It becomes a habit. It becomes an anchor. Mm. And he said, he said, you know, I want everyone to listen to this because to you, by the time you get through the third day and you've done this 30 times this week, you're going to feel like it's old. But to that teammate, it's the first time. Mm. And that to me was so apropos to what you're talking about. When yeah. you play a show, there is someone in that audience, hopefully multiple people, but there's at least right. one person <laughs> least in that hopefully audience. Hopefully one person. <laughs> yes, that has never heard you or has never heard that mm. song or has never heard that style. When I go, you know, I don't play music live anymore, but when I go speak or when I engage on a podcast, Yes, I joked about I'm telling the same stories I've been telling for 20 years. I'm also telling some new ones. But at the end of the day, the principles have to stay the same because for that host and for that listener, they've never heard this before. They've never had this thought provoked. And then we take it even further. And that is that we're presenting ourselves differently every day because we have different experiences in life. And it's much like music. You guys have evolved into a little bit of a different style. So how do we take what we know we're really good at, the songs we're passionate about, but give them a different appearance today? And when you think about sharing your gift with other people, we A, realize someone in that audience has never heard us. It's the first time. They need a great experience. They need a connection. But we also realize that the person who has heard our stuff has never heard it today, right? Bringing their life, their experience. Maybe mm -hmm. they just went that's through something point. tragic, so they connect to a song. So that's why that mm -hmm. repetition. You know, you hear these musicians, especially. Oh my gosh, we had a number one hit in '82, and we're still playing it. Yeah, because there's a 13 year old out there that wasn't born in '82, and right. they just discovered 
who you are and it's new to them. It's like and three so generations going to see Rolling Stones yes, together, you know, or start that's me exactly up. Exactly right. Like, <laughs> yep. Hits them exact, in a, and each you, one a different when way. You could, when you can think about that as an artist, as a creator, as you're building and not moving past the 90 day challenge, you're not, no, this repetition mm. over time is going to bring a great reward because someone is going to experience this differently or for the first time. And it's really refreshing as a creator. It gives you some patience because you're like, oh my gosh, this is new to someone, even though it's the 10th show and, you know, a 14 day span, or it's my 10th talk or 50th podcast for someone. It's the first. And I would also encourage people That's on social good. media, when you're doing your marketing, say the same stuff over and over and over. Don't change it all the time because someone's reading it for the first time. And so that really matters because it's easy to get burned out, bro. You know, it. we've talked about oh, this yeah. for you know, we, you and I've been talking for six, seven, eight years now. We've been talking, we've talked about that multiple times, the burnout, but what keeps us from the burnout is realizing for someone else, it's fresh, mm. it's fresh. And so that can be a huge motivating factor. That's good. I love it, man. Well, that's, I'm glad it's progressing. I'm glad it keeps building for you. Yeah. That's really cool, man. It's really cool. Well, uh, on that topic, we start there and we'll probably meander throughout, but uh, so for the listener, uh, Mitch has been on a few times now. And so the idea is just cause I think the, the banter and vibe has, has been so much fun. I get so much insight out of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of other people are when they're listening was like, why don't we pick something, pick a topic, um, and just start riffing on that. And, and, uh, so for our, oh, my headphone fell out. Um, our, you know, we originally met uh, well, in person was, you know, having pizza right after one of your shows, your band was on the, or you were on the road and, uh, I forget there was one other guy with you. Um, Actually, and, I saw you first. I saw you first before you came to see me. Oh, you that's were playing. Right. Yeah. You and I checked and you were like, yeah, I'm playing the show tonight. So we went over and checked you out first. I yeah, forgot that about that part. Time. That's yep, awesome. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, but where so that cool. that conversation took us afterwards, uh, getting late night pizza, uh, was just like this idea of spirituality. It's like three in the morning, bro. It's like yeah, it's like early yeah, early morning pizza. <laughs> early morning. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the topic of uh, spirituality and or lack thereof, and then you know both of us leaving the church and and finding our own paths after that. And but you had sent me this quote that you said inspired you as this this idea of less worship, more understanding. And he said, that's uh, yes. something that's been intriguing you, kind of getting your wheels yeah. turning. And it, it hit me too, because I'm, you know, in my own life and journey, um, I've been trying to wrestle with like, you know, for me, I walked away from the sense of like spirituality per se, but yep. now kind of unpacking, I'm, I'm going back to the trunk of shit that was there and slowly yes. taking each thing out and looking at it and saying, what was the value in this? Cause like mm -hmm. my wife said, she's like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. She's like, there's a lot of good things from your time of pursuing God and those kind of things. So, so I'm, yes. I'm wrestling with like, what can I learn from this? What can I learn from that? Um, and so, yeah, that it intrigued me as well, especially where I'm at personally, but I'm curious for you, less worship, um, more understanding. How did that hit you? And what was the context? Yeah, quite frankly, I don't remember the context that I saw that quote. That's all right. I do remember sharing it with you. Um, 
it's always fun to be reminded of stuff that you say or stuff that that hit you powerfully because <laughs> it does it's again it's it's fresh um you know what's interesting is gosh I, I bro i guess that was 2017 2018 that we met um it's had to have been 2017 so it's been again quite a few years almost six years and what's interesting and i think i remember as we were sitting in that pizza shop i think i remember saying this to you where you were then is where i was in like 2007 eight. so i was yeah. a little bit i was already had worked through because i remember our conversation you you know you were really kind of inquiring of me of right. you know what it took you were really still in the anger stage of you know what i call oh, it yeah. i know i'm speaking out of <laughs> i'm speaking out of turn a little bit but i'm telling you what no, it's true and, and i just you know i i very very much remember that feeling of just being pissed off and 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 you know whether we interpret that as i'm pissed off at god or i'm pissed off at the system or i'm pissed off at myself for getting sucked into certain things or i'm pissed off at other people or all of the above i think that's probably more the case and i just remember having conversations over the years with people in those same scenarios and and it, 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 I really am grateful for those moments because it may, causes me to reflect back and do exactly what you've just said. And that is kind of go, okay, yeah, there are things I'd never want to go back to. Um, right. You know, I, I use the language and I'm at the point that I can confidently use the language. I was raised in a cult. Hmm. I don't think people did it purposefully. Um, but when you look at the behaviors and the mental, emotional, spiritual damage it does, and the expectations yeah. and guidelines, it, it is cultish. Um, it becomes really difficult because we've set up this whole system, and, and I would even debate, I don't like to debate, but I would propose to people, debate and argue, that the system has become the God. And so there is really an undeniable of universal love and presence name it what you want to name it i don't care language is language but there's there's an undeniable um energy within humanity and the universe for connection that is unmanipulated so musicians feel this in that moment and that groove that either the band is together we haven't practiced this moment and it's just going or the audience is responding and you know, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, everyone from the bartender to the ticket gate person to the per everyone knows that is the undeniable. That is one essence of the undeniable energy presence of love and human connection that that the greatest atheist of Christianity or any other religion can't fight that. It's there. Right. Call that what you want. The issue becomes and where I love the statement of less worship, more experience is the issue becomes when we create a system that says we're going to, to create more opportunities like that, call it church, call it religious practice, rituals, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you're not careful, those systems of recreating moments becomes the God. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. so you're now no longer, you're no longer open to the experience. You're only open to worshiping, doing it the way you've experienced it before, which becomes the truth and the right way, which then causes this whole conglomeration of a mess that we're we left you and i left and thousands of people are leaving because yeah. we simply want the experience so to me coming from a religiosity background a cultish background the less worship more experience meant moving away from 
creating the systems that protect the experience and just simply being present in the experience and allowing it to be what it is. So for a musician, it's that magical moment that you had in Salt Lake City, Utah, that stays in Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. It's going to be a new moment when you go to Denver, Colorado. It's going to be a new moment when you go to LA and allowing those experiences to be what they are. And when we do that, the crazy thing is the experiences show up more often mm -hmm. because we're surrendering to the moment. In time. It's like, you know, I read an article the other day, people talking about writer's block. I've never had writer's block and I pride myself on that, That's whether amazing. I'm writing books or articles or stuff. But the reason I believe that is because I value the experience so much that I don't expect anything. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. My it's previous, just going to be. I almost wish I could take the guest that I just had on uh, about an hour ago <laughs> and bring him in for a, a, a three a three Zoom, whatever you want to call it. Um, because that's what he was talking about is getting back. He had a mentor of him that told him, he's like, do you remember the first time you played guitar? Like as a kid. Yeah. That's how I want yeah. you to play guitar right now in this thing. And it, and yes. he's playing for like high level Grammy, you know, award-winning people. So he's not like the guy has high expectations in a sense, but right. he's like, basically he's like, maybe you're just all in your head. You, you know, it's like, just do it for that love and let that love overflow. Um, that's, that's amazing, man. I love that. That's it. Yeah. We like to call that the beginner's mind. The beginner's mind is, is a Zen Buddhist teaching that says, the curiosity of your childhood was the truth. Hmm. And that's really what that mentor is teaching. The reason you fed, I, I like to refer, refer to my biblical days sometimes, and I like to call it the Genesis. What is your Genesis? What was your beginning? Go back to the beginner's mind to find the love and the passion again. Right. And it really can become challenging when it does become a job, when you're expected to perform perfectly. But that becomes the worship. The worship becomes perfection. If I don't show up meeting this expectation, I have failed. So we've now moved the experience down the priority list and the worship has become the perfection. And that is the mistake. That's right. what causes us the stress, anxiety, the fear. If we can exchange that and go, no, the experience is the God. The yeah. experience is the divinity. The experience is what I'm seeking. Hmm. When we allow for the ebb and flow, that's, my favorite genre of music is blues because, because it's almost like some of those genres were like, screw the perfection, like jazz falls oh, yeah. into that, you know, make it dirty. It's like, screw the perfect. Yeah. We're just going to tune, tune to whatever you want. I mean, those old blues guys were like playing a two string guitar and they're like, yeah, I don't care. I'm going to sing about it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the mud and the dirt and the earth of the organism of humanity. And when we mm. can get back to that, that's where those connections are really found. But, you know, like mm. you alluded to it when we started out, it's this age of we want it to happen quickly. We want to have a lot of followers. We want it to be perfect. Everyone is manipulating everything they put on social media. Nobody's walking around right. with a perfect body and a six pack. It just doesn't happen. But that's what everyone is seeing. It's the Kardashian yeah. syndrome. Oh my gosh, everyone's perfect. I have to be perfect. But that loses the organic piece of humanity. And that's really what we are is organic beings. It's that interesting are when you talk about blues and, and jazz um those are art forms that though you can record it and enjoy a recording yes. those art forms are specifically meant for like the experience like to be there yes. in that room like when you say blues i remember like blues bars i was in and i remember what yeah. the guy yeah. looked like he was singing and you know it's 
that is interesting when you think about that. Well, and the, you know, when you like where it started, that's one thing I've been processing uh, personally, because I remember when I first, you know, gave my life to Jesus and walked down mm. this, this path of like alter eva- evangelism, even, yeah. yeah, whatever. Evangelical, uh, whatever. whatever. Yeah, the evangelical <laughs> thing. Um, I remember I was young. I was like 14. You know, I didn't come from a yep. really religious family. And, and I remember I always had the sense that I would be involved with something big. That, like, yeah. you know, yeah. a 14 year old kid <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. And, and I remember the night I got saved, I was like, well, maybe this is it. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. I find myself now in my 40s going back to that day and asking, so what mm-hmm. what was it at 14 that you were looking yeah. for? And yeah. and even down to like the relationships, like I always saw like a team of people with me, even at 14. But that's yeah. oh, I yeah. found a context yeah. in the church to go that route. And I, you know, and I yes. gave myself wholly to it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's interesting you say that, like going. What did you say the Buddhist saying was? Yeah, the be the beginner's mind. The, the beginner's, beginner's mind. mind. Yeah, because that's yeah. I find myself going back a lot right yeah. now and asking, well, what was your original intention? What were you originally looking yeah. for? Um, or is it just a and the reason that blank slate? I don't know. <laughs> no, and the reason that's valuable is because there's a truth there that existed right. before we were told no. That's what it feels like. And so what happens is either internally we tell ourselves no, or someone else tells us no. Well, no, you, you know, you couldn't be a professional football player. Well, you know, you can't be, you know, can't be an artist, starving artist. You'll never make money playing music full time. I mean, and it seems to be more reflective in the entertainment creative industries that people are told no at a young age. But what what right. is forgotten, the voices that tell us no are forgetting. Yeah, I may not become a professional football player, but I might become a coach or I might become a trainer or I might become yeah. – you know, an agent, or I might become, you know, I may not be the person that has the the top number one hit or be the entertainer of the year, but I might be the the writer or, you know, the guitar maker, or I might be the person that works at a, uh, you know, a drum head manufacturing company. Like there's so many paths to that truth that when Mm -hmm. we're told no, our human, our human kind of uh, response is, oh, well, then it's impossible. Yeah. And so, you know, I think about that as a parent. How many times did I tell my kids no? And I tried really hard as a parent to not say no, but to right. say, that's awesome. Let's see how we can get there. And, you know, I just, I did, my birthday was a few weeks ago and I just received a birthday card from my oldest daughter. And one thing she always tells me, she's like, you know, it's really cool to see that you're still following your dreams. Hmm. And it's like, how, I mean, I know she's saying that because she sees that I am, but I know she's also saying that because she looks around and sees a world of people my age that are not. Yeah. And so it's really valuable to go back to those moments of truth and say, okay, we can only interpret our dreams by our current perspective. But when we can pull ourselves out of that perspective and go back to the dream and say, okay, what was there for me now that I have better perspective? Mm-hmm. And I'm the same as you at 10 years old. I believe God spoke to me and said, I'm going to be a pastor. You're going to inspire millions of people. Like I believe that at 10 years old and I don't doubt that at all. Right. The difference is like you, I only had a limited perspective to interpret that from, and that was to become a pastor. Mm-hmm. And what I learned is that's not my path. My path isn't in the church world. My path is to do things like this and have a different type of conversation. The interesting right. thing is 
I'm probably inspiring and impacting more people now than I ever would have in the church world. That's right. the interesting thing. Yeah. Well, and it's what's been interesting too is that path, though I I wrestle with it. All all this stuff still sometimes seems so fresh. I, I wrestle with like how to articulate it, but no. there's times where I like there's regret of like going that path. But the other thing is right. it literally shaped the things I'm doing now and and yeah. damn it, my life isn't like perfect. You know, I haven't yeah. accomplished all the goals I want to do, but I feel like it's a pretty damn good life. Like I feel like, uh, you know, as a husband, as a father, as a business owner, as a leader, like all of those things was because of that path. And I, I can trace back to where I still, I even, uh, one of the podcasts dropping here in a few weeks is my former pastor, uh, where I worked when mm -hmm. I eventually just kind of left everything. <laughs> and he's one of yeah, my guests yeah. and we've stayed in touch over the years. And I told him, I was like, I reference you all the time. Like, I know we think differently awesome. on a lot of things now, but there's things that he says, you know, as for me being a husband, for me being a father or a leader in general that I still reference. So it's like that path, that process was maybe it's just what I needed, you know, and maybe that right. Was, right. Too, like, even the shit that they might be going through or, or regret or angry, maybe it's just it still shaped you. And I imagine probably your time yeah. leading in the church has trained you for a lot of things as well. <laughs> Not oh, 100%. And that's, you know, really, really when you know you're at a great place of healing is when you can look back with gratitude on right. those moments and, and say, you know, it, it's being in this, learning to value this present moment, which is really all we have. We don't have mm -hmm. the past and we don't have the future. And time is all made up anyway. Time is just a, something that humans made up to do what I don't know. So we could be here <laughs> at the right time. But it's all made up. And so when you can really think from that perspective of all I have is this moment, be where your feet are, you know, be, be where you are present. Then you begin to realize, wow, if anything else is adjusted, it's like the superhero movies. If we adjust one thing in the past, we radically change the future. It's an and so to be, <laughs> yeah, it's a quantum mania. It's exactly right. It's like great movie. Buddy. Um but but it, but there is a true. There's a reason they tell that story over and over and over because it is something that every human wrestles with, and that is if I don't learn to be grateful for where I've been, then I can never be fully present where I am. Right. Because I'm continuing to live in the past, and so you know an, another teaching that has been really powerful for me is that exact idea of being present, be here. Mm. If it weren't for the past, you wouldn't be where you are currently right now. And I think the reason most people wrestle with the past is they haven't settled in where they are today. And I remember being in those moments, you know, I thought by 30 years old, I was going to be a best-selling author, be traveling the world speaking and maybe win a Grammy. I mean, I had super high expectations. Right. And it's like, you know, that, that took me down a, took me down a dark path of regret, you know, for me in my life, it turned out to be a, re a really dark, dark path. And but I'm great. You know, I told my daughter we were talking about having depression because I, you know, I battle with uh, depression and other mental health things. And I told my daughter, I said, I really understood depression once I became grateful for it. Hmm. Because without without going through depression, I wouldn't have the self-awareness that I have of myself and the awareness and presence and connection to others. Yeah. And she was like, Dad, what? But that like, you're really grateful for that. And I said, I'm very grateful for it. The other thing it does is it gives me the power over it. 
it doesn't drag me around like I'm enslaved. I now get to say, hey, today isn't an awesome day, but you know what? We're showing up. Right. We're going to get out of bed and we're going to show up. And so that that heart of gratitude shifts everything because you're right. It has led us to where we are. And that is a beautiful thing. Right. I, I smile so big because uh, another it's funny. You, you quoted a thing about Buddhism. Uh, we, we talked about that as well. And uh, there was a guest I had last year on my podcast who's he's a self-proclaimed atheist Buddhist <laughs> uh, where he he cool. delves into like the practices and some of the teachings yeah. um, kind of sets aside like the some of the spiritual aspects of it. Sure. But I, in a way for me, it almost made me gave me more freedom to be like, oh, I'm just going to study Buddhism for a while. So like last spring, I went through it. And one of the biggest things I took out was uh, this phrase. um Whereas there is no future, there is no past. There is only this present moment. And that, yep. that man, that's what I realized. Like, I, I remember my wife uh, a few years back when the band was like in the heyday, but I, every day I was just frustrated, angry, and mad. But we had shit going on that was good. And she's like, I have, I'm afraid, is what she said to me, I'm afraid that you're never going to be happy until mm -hmm. you reach this particular goal that you have. And I'm afraid that you're mm -hmm. going to miss everything else on the way to that. Yeah. And it, and honestly, it just wrestling with that. And then finally it culminating with this idea of, you know, there is no future. There is no past. There is only this present moment. Yeah. Um, like it, it kind of unlocks it to where I, I feel like I've been learning to have a lot more fun and enjoying. Right. Life right. And seeing honestly, like cool shit happen as well, because when I was forcing things, it's like, it doesn't yeah. necessarily open the door. It's like, someone puts an extra lock on it sometimes <laughs> when you start trying to kick the door in. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's, and it's a, it's a hit between the eyes when someone says that to you. I've, I've had multiple people say that ver verbatim to me because, you know, I think that is when you, when you're a very driven, passionate person and you're a visionary and you have something in mind, you know, an, another teaching is attachment, non-attachment. And it's, it's very, very, to get attached to mm, the vision, yeah. the dream, the passion. Here's how I think it could work out. And dreaming is important. For those of us that are visionaries, dreaming makes us come alive. That's how we connect. Yeah. But we have to learn to be non-attached to the dream. So what do I mean by that? The dream is great. The vision is great. It's not our business how it's going to happen. Yeah. It's not our business how we're going to get there. It's not our business to manipulate and to make it up. You know, that's really opposed to the hustle culture that is very highlighted in today's society. Well, you have to hustle. You have to grind. And the universe says you just have to show up. Yeah. You don't actually have to do anything but show up fully in this moment because there are things that are happening beyond our understanding or explanation that we can't control. It's those moments of coincidence. It's those moments of, mm. you know, beautiful accidents. It's those moments of you and I meeting randomly through, you know, somebody that used to play in your band who was a relative of somebody that I know, you know, it's all these right. things that we could not control in our own form or fashion. And those are the moments that we have to go. Yeah. 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 The dream is really cool. And I want to get there, but it's not my business. How it happens. It's just yeah. not. And we remove our energy from that. And just bring our energy back to, I'm going to show up today in this moment in time. And I have to trust that the cards are going to fall where they may. Um, and you go back to the Christian teaching, that's the word faith, 
which is always really interesting to me. When you remove the noise of religiosity, all of these religions have something in common. Love, faith, mm -hmm. connection. All of them. And so it's like get rid of the worship and just focus on the experience and everything comes full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, it's true. That's one of the things uh, another musician from a band called Making Movies we were talking about. Somehow religion came up, tends to come up from time to time with me around in the room. <laughs> um, yeah. But we were talking about that where it just seems like a lot of religions were a lot of humans scraping in the dark to understand this human yeah. experience. And it's yeah. like, it's just kind of right. where it's sifted because, because yeah, like there, I noticed like studying stoicism, uh, went through mm -hmm. a long period of studying that and then studying Buddhism, studying all these things. There's one, I feel like there's good things I could take, take from all of them. There's yes. things that I yes. don't really take from it or agree, whatever. Yeah. Um, but there are similarities and even that word faith, yeah. That, that's one of the ones where <clears throat> I would still like if someone put me in a corner, I would still say I'm an atheist simply because atheism yeah. means I don't believe there's a God. But one thing I've, I've that's been interesting to me is that I kind of cringe when atheists uh, like some of the podcasts I listen to, they have like this negative idea of faith. And, right. and the, re the right. reason is, is because I, faith is such a loaded word because faith makes you think mm -hmm. of like the people who had faith that, you know, Donald Trump was still going to be president even after he, you know, like, right. you know, <laughs> not to even right. like get right. political. It's just they're like, they, there's people who have faith in like these nonsensical things, but there's also this, yeah. this thing that like an entrepreneur, this is where it is. The entrepreneurship, the, the musician, the artist, there is kind of this weird faith because there is no tangible mm -hmm. thing. Like we started talking about a little bit ago, yep. like it is kind of, insane to go that direction in some regard yeah. but there is that little inkling that you almost can't explain and that's that's where it's like there is power i think in faith i think i've had to redefine it renegotiate my relationship yeah. relationship with it totally throughout life so totally yeah and that's and, and to me that's what's crazy about language is it it's all made up like every word in the history of mankind is made up and we always are redefining it. And so it's like, you know, really how can we communicate to the best of our ability in a way that people are going to be the most palpable to, right. you know, and it's not unlike shaping a song. It's not unlike expressing an idea. It's like, how can I get this across in the most receivable way possible mm -hmm. without sacrificing the sentiment of what I'm trying to say? And that is songwriting and poetry in motion it's like i'm trying to express something here whether right. it's my experience or someone else's in the in the most uh pleasing way possible and relatable way possible and, it, and it's the same and so you're right people get caught up on words and an atheist may say well i don't have faith well you actually do if you have children and you were teaching them to walk you had faith that when you let go of them they were eventually going to take a step yeah and so it's repackaging and redefining. I went through that phase too. You know, I still don't really use the word God um, because of how explosive it was for me in my past and because of the confusion. And so I was talking to someone yesterday, an old conservative Christian friend of mine, and he kept saying, you know, well, you've got back in schools and, you know, he's the way he's, you know, you referring to God in the, in the right. masculine. 
And I didn't because I know how to pick my battles. But I really <laughs> wanted wise to say, man. you're a wise man. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to say, man, to be honest, you know, even if I'm referring to the God you're talking about, I pretty much think that's feminine energy right there all day long because <laughs> for my red. So, but it's just little things like that that, and I get, again, you can only reference life from your perspective and experiences. Right. And for anyone coming from any background, they're referencing it, it, I'm going to go back to musicians again, because that's what, you know, it's you and I's me. It's our Genesis building our relationship. It's right. what you do, what a lot of your listeners do, but it's, it's not unlike if you are a blues band and you suddenly bring in a heavy metal guitarist, they're going to be able to play the notes, but they ain't going to be able to play blues. Right. Now, if they practice over time and are kind of baptized into the blues culture and the style, eventually a good guitarist is going to, going to be able to reshape. But their reference point is not blues. Their reference point is heavy metal, power chords, different way of approaching music. It's not wrong, right, or indifferent. It just is. And so if we can have that patience with one another and say, look, man, I know you're just referring to your life through your own experiences that's and I had a guy the other day, I was on, I was on a podcast and he's like, yeah, we're all seeing life through our own lens. And I said, yeah, and how beautiful is it when I can take off my glasses and share them with you? Right. And those are those sacred moments that we're trying to create. Hmm. Well, and that's where I think a lot of life is simply exposing yourself or like even raising yes. your kids, exposing your kids to different experiences and different kind of people. Yeah. And, and kind of sitting in that you know and yes even when it yes. comes to the political landscape yeah that was one i stopped posting political things online because i one i yeah. just got crazy out of hand i went insane <laughs> um lost a lot of friends it was you know really productive but what hit me yeah. was <laughs> like this isn't doing anything good you yeah. know but if i have yeah. a conversation with somebody you know, like a conservative Christian friend yeah. or, uh, oh, and honestly, I'm finding myself more and more kind of in the middle. <laughs> and so now it's like, right. I, I right. have some ultra liberal friends that get uncomfortable with some things I say. So, but it's like, if I can sit and have conversations with them instead of arguing yeah. over line, if we can expose each other to our own thoughts and ideas, um, we all yes. grow from it, you know? And yes. even like I, yes. I sat down, our drummer is involved with like a Hare Krishna type thing. And uh, we got yeah. to sit down and have lunch uh, with these guys and girls uh, Hare, from, I, I don't know how to say it, Hare Krishna or whatever. Yeah. But like I yeah. told him I was just sitting there like almost wanting to explode with a thousand questions, but I didn't want to overwhelm them. Right. So I was, just, I was like trying to play yeah. it really cool. I was like, man, so I'm actually trying to get one of them on the podcast. Uh, I think it would be yeah fascinating yeah. um but found out one of them loves like j cole is one of his favorite rappers and that's what he used to listen yeah. to before yeah. becoming a monk you know i'm like i would have never yeah. guessed yeah. that you listen to j cole right right <laughs> but even that it's like it exposed, yeah it's just that exposure kind of expanded my thinking yeah. to ask more questions yeah. and see different people's lives and approaches too so yeah it's just so crazy man i i'm 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 not a good concert goer for that very reason, because, because I just end up 
uh, for instance, the last summer I went to Salt, I drove to Salt Lake City and, and went to see Garth Brooks. I, that was my second time seeing him. And nice. I'm not a country music fan, but I Garth Brooks is one of my top for many reasons. But um, but I'm there and there was, what, 75,000 people there during his stadium tour, you know. And I'm just standing there and I'm looking around and I'm like, man, there's all races and beliefs and political beliefs and. Mm-hmm. You know, just all, all, I'm sure you could have taken a poll and, you know, polled 15 people and gotten all, you know, just, just out of this and much less polling all 75,000 people. And I get super emotional as a, as a concert goer, because I always bend toward, man, for that two hours, we get it. Mm. Like we get it as humans for that two hours, we get it. One reason I love Garth Brooks is. That's his message. You know, his message has always been, I mean, God, man, back in 1993, he did the song, We Shall Be Free, talking about, you know, uh, uh, homosexual rights and racial inequality in 1993. This country country was talking about that stuff in the country world. And he's always been that way. That's that's his heart. And but he's just, you know, and he's saying that stuff from stage. He's like, you know, be kind to one another and. You know, at one point he was like, hey, for the people that are still wearing masks, make sure we don't make fun of them. Make sure we're I mean, he's just from the stage kind of preaching his gospel of love and acceptance and under the banner of music. And man, I get really emotional when I'm at I went to Disney Dave Matthews a year and a half ago. And it's saying, you know, Dave and his quirky way is saying the same stuff. If you've ever seen Dave Matthews live, you know what I'm talking it's, about. You got to really lean in because yeah, like, just, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> But they're they're very much like, uh, you know, they're very much like the same message. And and so but I always think at a concert, regardless of what style of music or the artist, I tend to bend toward artists that are very human, what I call human. Mm -hmm. But it's like for two hours, we get it. We get it. Mm You know, rarely the concerts I go to, at least, you rarely see people fighting. You rarely not. So there's some genres that people go to concert and it breaks out and it's crazy. Right. The ones I like to go to, it's it's just very much, it's just very much like almost like everyone stoned and sitting around the campfire and just looking out for the good in each other. And so I, that always gives me hope, though, because of what you're saying. It's like, my gosh, if we can just focus on the commonalities, you know, if we can just if we can just focus on what brought us to this moment, then it really impacts hours again that experience that we're talking about and i think for artists you know i look back in my days playing music and performing and it's been gosh it's been four years now that that i last was on stage i just i'm like you i'm like man i missed so many moments because maybe the crowd wasn't big enough or maybe you know the crowd was big but the pa system sucked or maybe you know my drummer was off tonight you know whatever why i was off my voice wasn't you know toward the end i couldn't even sing i'm like manipulating the whole show you know And it's like, yeah, but to be more connected in those moments Hmm. is really what brings the power to the art. It's not making sure I'm I'm getting my point across or making sure that you're listening. It's giving power to the art. And the art is showing up in this human experience. That's awesome, man. I love it. Well, less worship, more experience. And it's funny because it feels like we took a lot of turns, but really it all yeah. came back to the idea of, experience, the of experience, uh, yeah. experiencing each other, uh, even in our differences, yeah. experiencing uh, 
like, well, for me, I think of like going back and experiencing my past, even though we talked about no past, no future, but in a sense, I had to like re-experience my past and ask. Yes. Yes. Um, But yeah, that's, and we, yeah, we get so upward when we talk about the word worship or just completely outward or too forward. Um, It's very external. It's very external. And, And the crazy thing is the sacred work is not done externally. It's done internally. And and really what you're going through and kind of going back and dealing with the past is dealing with your shadow self. It's that shadow. The experiences are the shadow that kind of loom over us. Hmm. And instead of running from the shadow, it's facing the shadow and going, okay, what do you have to teach me? And that becomes the question. The question becomes, what do you have to teach me? What did I miss? What is the truth in this moment? And, and that is a really crazy work to do, but it's the work that allows us to be present. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, uh, thanks for taking the time. Uh, that's, that's some good stuff, dude. I love right, it. Right. Let everyone know how they can get connected with you, how they can go buy your book, um, how they can check out your yep. podcast, all the good stuff. How to Hire and Keep Great People is the book, available anywhere you order books. MitchGreyMedia.com is my website. If you want to send me an email, Mitch at MitchGreyMedia.com. Let's connect. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, M Gray Media. Uh, if you just if you just put in the Googler, Mitch Gray, I'm probably the first three pages. I've worked really hard to market myself that way. So, and then well the Mitch done. Gray Show is the podcast anyway. It's a podcast, man. Yeah, I'm that. Hey, I want to tell you, brother. I do want to tell you before we wrap up two things. Number one, I was so excited when I went to my Apple Music and I could listen to your stuff again, because I that's one of my favorite, you know, it was basically an EP, the last run with it project. It was an eight song, seven songs, I don't remember, but that's Six one of my on favorite. Right? Yeah, it's one of my favorites. And when it went off the air, I was so bummed that I think I remember texting <laughs> you, dude, I can't. And then when you guys re-released it, I was so, that, was, that I just, I'm always looking for new music, music I find that I love, I want to keep. And and you guys hit that spot on. Um, and you, then man. I just want to say, man, uh, you, you know, you and I's relationship, we get to text every once in a while. We've seen each other in person, you know, basically once, but <laughs> I, I value our connection so much because we just had very similar paths. We have very similar passions. And, um, and I just want to tell you, thank you for what you're doing in the world because it really is inspiring. So keep it up, brother. Love well, thank it. you, man. That means a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.